Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hey, it's Amy Newmark. Please enjoy this rerun of one of my favorite episodes from last year. Changing your life one story at a time. This is the Chicken Soup for the Soul podcast with Editor-in-Chief Amy Newmark. Hey, it's Amy Newmark with your Chicken Soup for the Soul. And today I'm going to share a couple of stories with you from our newest book, Chicken Soup for the Soul, The Advice That Changed My Life. It only takes a few magical words to solve a big problem, reorient your focus, or change the trajectory of your life. And sometimes what we learn is the value of reaching out and connecting with people. That's what Daryl Hunt learned after her husband died unexpectedly from a pulmonary embolism at only age 59. Daryl decided to use a funeral parlor that was owned by someone she had worked for in her 20s. She says the owner, Paul, was her rock during the whole process of making the arrangements. When that was behind them, and Daryl was in his office signing final paperwork, he said something very profound to her. He told her that he had seen too many women who, after the death of their husbands, became reclusive. Good friends extended invitations that they declined because they were grieving. Before long, people stopped making the effort to include them. Paul said, If people invite you to do things or go places, please make an effort even if it is just to make a brief appearance. If someone invites you to lunch and it seems too overpowering, suggest getting together for coffee instead. Just do it. Daryl says, I was put to the test almost immediately. The day Bill died, some friends had mailed an invitation for the wife's 50th birthday. We had been to a 50th birthday party for the husband a few years prior, and this looked like it would be a similar event. Essentially." A Saturday night at their house, a drop-in event with drinks and nibbles, probably about a hundred people. It had only been two weeks since my husband's death, too soon. But Paul's advice resonated in my head. Just make an appearance. Their house was only about a mile away. I could drive, have one drink, and try to stay for an hour. If I was uncomfortable, I was free to leave at any time. She didn't have anything else to do that Saturday night, so off she went to the party. She dressed up, not in black, put on some makeup, and off she went. She knew about half the people at the party, and even though it had always been her husband who was the social butterfly, the one who schmoozed with everyone at parties, she started to mingle, solo at age 53. She accepted condolences from people she knew, and she met new people and chatted with them. She even managed to laugh a few times. She made it a whole hour and a half, which was quite admirable under the circumstances. From then on, Daryl continued to follow Paul's advice, always saying yes to invitations. 
That was her new normal, bravely going to events solo. And that advice is something she passes on to other new widows now, sharing Paul's wise words. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble, with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Laura Niebauer Palmer shares another lesson about reaching out and connecting. In her case, the story is about a failure to connect, one that she couldn't take back. Laura's grandmother died, and Laura came upon her calendar a couple of weeks later. In that calendar, her grandmother wrote down what happened each day, including who she'd spoken to on the phone or seen in person. Unfortunately, there were some entries about a call that hadn't happened, too. On July 5th, her grandmother had written, No word from Laura. Laura hadn't called, even though she had said she would. Again, on August 31st, a visit that didn't happen. Her grandmother wrote on that day, Laura isn't coming. Laura says, I had failed to show up for someone who had always shown up for me. In that final year of my grandma's life in the Upper Peninsula of Michigan, I was living a very different life in Chicago, one where there was always a tomorrow, one in which my focus was on getting through the workday so I could spend time with friends. It was a life in which my desires always came first. I relegated the one person who had been there from my literal first steps and all my other momentous life steps along the way to the back burner. It's something we all do, and I'm so grateful to Laura for unselfishly sharing the story with us. She says she doesn't really know why other things seem more important than seeing or calling her grandmother, but at the time, she figured there would always be time to squeeze her grandmother in. She did get to see her before she died, but that was when she was failing and it wasn't the same. Laura says this, Spending time by her bedside, I tried to fit in as much of the missed time as I could, but it was like trying to hold water in cut palms. It slowly leaked away, no matter how hard I tried to hold on. After she passed, the family pitched in to clean out her apartment. I opened her freezer, and staring back at me was my favorite flavor of ice cream, black cherry with chocolate chips, waiting for a visit that never came. This is where it gets so bad. Laura says she felt such shame and guilt, and it was too late to do anything about it or even to apologize. She says that since her grandmother's death, she has handled things differently. She feels her grandmother was teaching her something through those entries on the calendar, and she has taken the lessons to heart. Now she is diligent about following through on visits and phone calls and whatever promises she makes to family, friends, and colleagues. She says, I've realized 
that one of the biggest gifts we can give ourselves and others is being the person who is there when we say we will be. It's the building of a foundation of trust for those with whom we are establishing relationships. It's maintaining the bonds of trust for those with whom we are close. It's knowing that we won't give up on ourselves when life gets difficult. While it may have taken me years to learn this valuable lesson, I have the rest of my life to put it into action. I'm Amy Newmark. Thanks for listening to these stories from Chicken Soup for the Soul, The Advice That Changed My Life. You can go to our website, chickensoup.com, and click on the podcast button to read more about this book and all the topics it covers. And you'll find the book at Walmart, Barnes & Noble, Amazon, and wherever else books are sold. If you want to read stories from this book and from our other new books, you can sign up for our daily newsletter and get a free story in your email every day. Just go to chickensoup.com and click on the newsletter sign up option. Also, you can follow me on Twitter or Instagram, where my handle is at Amy Newmark, and you'll see links to those free stories and to this podcast. And please come back for our next episode to hear two more stories from our newest book, Chicken Soup for the Soul. Well, that was funny.